Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Coming up on the show... Is there any substance to these JB for KD rumors? And how would you feel, hypothetically, cheering for a KD-led Celtics team? Wayne Spoonie is here to talk all about it. Spoons, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Ben. I think we haven't been on a pod together in a long time, so I'm looking forward to it, it's been buddy. A while. It's been too long. Yeah, it has. I know. A lot of behind-the-scenes admin going on between you and I, but not a lot of potting, so it's, it's good to be back on the show together. We're also we're very happy to welcome back beloved Celtics Redditor, Squim Jim. How's it going, Squim? Welcome back. Oh, it's oh, it's great. Now now that I know I'm beloved, it's everything's awesome. <laughs> I've never even got beloved. <laughs> <laughs> Had to uh, reserve it for when it's, uh, it's, it's, it's truly necessary. Um, look, look, let's just jump right into it, guys. I think we're all, uh, and most fans are like a little rattled by the quote-unquote news uh, coming out of Shams and and Woj over the last couple of days. We've seen the tweets um, and the reporting sources from Shams. The Boston Celtics have offered a Jalen Brown package to the Nets for Kevin Durant, which Brooklyn turned down and countered. Apparently, the counter included uh, the addition of Marcus Smart and further draft capital. Spoonie, we'll, we'll start with you. Is there any substance to this report at all as he shakes his head? <laughs> So this report, this is what Shams and Woj tweeted. They tweeted, Brad Stevens did job. And then we find out, did job three weeks ago. Like, it would be (laughs) negligence. Brad Stevens should be fired if he didn't call up the Nets and see how much Kevin Durant was going to cost him. Like, can I engage in a little role-playing here? Squim Jim, can you be Sean Marks and just say, no, (laughs) no. It's going to be Brown, <laughs> Smart, and multiple picks when I throw it to you. Right. Okay, I'm Brad yeah, Stevens. Hey, Sean, you really sucked on the Spurs, but I heard Kevin Durant is available. Are we talking like Brown, White, and a pick, or like what's the price here? No, I want your I want your heart, your soul, and your extra kidney. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> great. 
Good luck with that. Thanks a lot. That is it. That is, I guarantee you, what occurred. Yes, obviously, he talked about Jalen Brown. Because if you're trading for Kevin Durant, you're not going to be like, can we package this around maybe like Peyton Pritchard and some pick swaps? Like, Jalen Brown is going to be discussed. I bet they talked about Tatum, too. Because that's what you do when Kevin Durant is available. Does it mean we were ever going to actually do that trade? Absolutely not. Maybe we would have. Probably not, because if we would have, it would be done because the Nets would be fucking crazy not to accept Jalen Brown, Derek White, who's an excellent player, and a draft pick for Kevin Durant, who is 34. And do you know how much money he makes? A He's shitload. on a $200 million contract for four years. $200 million. Jalen Brown makes half that. He's making $25 million a year. Kevin Durant makes 50, and he's 34. Jalen Brown's a decade younger than him. They would be insane not to take that, that trade if it's on the table. So, yeah, I think this report is bullshit. I think Shams and Woj are carrying Sean Mark's water for him. And basically, I fuck those guys. And I'm glad Murphy came out and was like, Jalen Brown loves it here. Good. Give me those reports. Give me all the Jalen Brown loves it here I can get, man. Because that's, this is just spiraled totally out of control. All anyway. right, well, let's wrap it up there. End of podcast. I think we've covered pretty much everything from top to bottom. No, but seriously, Squim Jim, like these these conversations obviously happen between GMs around the league yeah. all the time. So what's the what's the meaning? What's the significance of this report coming out? And, and I guess the timing of it. What's what's going on there? Mm. The the timing is clearly the Nets. I think what's what's happened is the Nets have asked for the moon and. The best offer they got is like hero and three first rounders. <laughs> plus, plus, you know, do a due diligence offer that the Celtics made. Um, and whether or not the Celtics are serious, I don't. You know, I, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell. I know in reading that article, um, th- there was a portion where Sham starts talking about the Nets, or starts talking about like the the teams and and one what he it sounded like he was talking for the nets like just just in the words he was using yeah. right because yeah he's like i, I want to like the quote that i have here is like um oh i can't find it but but the words he uses the the, the onus is on the interested parties to come to the Nets with better. Essentially, he was saying if the onus is on the other teams to come to the Nets with a better offer. And to me, that sounds like uh, that that sounds like the Nets wanting something to be communicated, mm-hmm. right? And I, I mean, the hard part though is that that can all be true, but it could also be true that. The Celtics due diligence offer, due diligence offer, is the one. It's the best one out there, right? Sure. And and I think there's too much smoke for there not to be fire, right? Um, I was listening to the Low Post podcast, and last week Zach Lowe was mentioning that there are some secret teams out there. Um, <laughs> That so I are, love the secret teams. Yeah, I love secret right, teams. Right, right, <laughs> right. And so you know, it's it, but but then today he's like, well, last week I didn't have enough information to make a report on it. Else I or, or I would have because I didn't have enough 
I don't exactly know what the words he said was, but it's like he, c- he couldn't find corroborative evidence to 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 support what he thought, and then and he thought that it was the Celtics. One of the teams was the Celtics. Um, ba- just based off of it sounds like on conversations he had with some sources, mm-hmm. and so like that was last week, and and now he's he's kind of you know he kind of said like yeah I think. Like from from what I heard last week, I thought it was the Celtics that came with with an with a with an offer like this. Now, I I it's just you know you have Wendy saying stuff, you have Sham saying stuff, you have Woj saying things, you have Lowe saying things, and there's an element of like there's just there's a lot of people saying a lot of the same thing. And it's that the Celtics are a huge threat to get Durant. I don't want this to happen. I want, I love Jalen. I want him on the team. I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I hope, I hope it's just smoke and, and that's it. That's what I hope. Yeah. I mean, either way, it, it's reasonable to deduce that a conversation occurred. Like that's the reporting. No doubt. Uh, the, yeah. And yeah, uh, as to yeah. whether or not there was any seriousness from Brad's standpoint about, Considering offering up Jalen Brown and other pieces, you know, including Derek White, Smart, Draft Capital for Kevin Durant, that's kind of the unknown. Um, and I think logically we can walk away saying they had the conversation. Brad was never serious and it was just doing, as you said, due diligence and sort of gauging what the market is for Kevin Durant. And then the reporting is just really putting that out there into the world to let other teams know, like, hey, this is kind of what we're looking for. Stir the pot a little bit and maybe um, give themselves the opportunity to re-engage other front offices in those similar conversations. But you mentioned due diligence, and we actually need to undergo that ourselves uh, on this podcast, I believe, and look at what life might be like if we were or were to not do this proposed trade. There's a, a comment here on one of the many threads from user F Shoemaker who said, on one hand, I'm terrified by this news. On the other hand, Shams was banging the drum on the, quote, Celtics are discussing Brown for Ben Simmons trade rumors, and then Brad came out and said that it was 100% bullshit. So I guess looking at it from this angle first, Spoonie, if you're the Celtics, why why would you make this trade? Why would you trade Jalen Brown, Derek White, potentially Marcus Smart for Kevin Durant? What's the argument for making the trade? I think you basically, look, Kevin Durant's a better player next year than Jalen Brown. Full stop. There's absolutely no debate about that. I think you can make a de- you can have a debate whether or not Kevin Durant makes you better if you also have to give up Marcus Smart. I'm not so sure that's clear. But let's say Brad Stevens thinks that's the case. Then, I mean, Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant and Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White and Horford and Time Lord and Grant... That's probably the favorite to win the championship next year. So if you value I want to get Banner 18 at basically any means necessary, screw the future, we don't care, that's the argument for Durant because you know in, in two years, he's going to be 36 making $50 million, and Jalen Brown's going to be an all-star. You know what I mean? Like Durant's kind of a ticking time bomb, but whew, that starting lineup would be absolutely loaded with Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum and Time Lord. Like, how do you score on those three? I mean, that's a nutso switchable lineup, and Durant can protect the rim, too. I mean, yeah, so that's the argument for it. Squim, is Spoonie talking you into potentially leaning towards (laughs) making that trade, or are you still on the let's keep Jalen side of the fence with with many of us, admittedly? 
No, I mean, I'm I'm definitely on the the let's keep Jalen on the side of the uh, you know side of things. I think, <laughs> it, I will say that it does sound like an exciting lineup to have enticing, like at the least, Durant yeah. on the court with Orford, Time Lord, and Tatum. Like I don't monsters like. Tatum's the and, two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tatum becomes the two. And if you still have Smart, um, or Brogdon even, because Brogdon's 6'5", yep. and you're you're absolutely massive. You can space the floor, you know, defend, and it's just, it'd be terrifying. I think it'd be terrifying for both defenses and offenses. And, um, and if you're able to keep, if you're able to keep Smart, and then Brogdon is still coming off the bench. It's just, it's, there isn't, there isn't a better top six, even remotely close, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, there's so many more arguments to not make the trade than there are. Like, it's a pretty short list of, like, why we should make this trade. Like, basically, it's Kevin fucking Durant, right? And then, I guess, the secondary thing is, maybe there's some concern that Jalen Brown is going to leave when his contract expires. Maybe he wants to be the the number one guy, have the potential to make All-NBA somewhere and eventually get that max contract. Jared Weiss from The Athletic, though, did, uh, he reported something addressing that. He said, when WEEI's Jermaine Wiggins claimed that Brown told him he wouldn't resign in Boston when his contract expires in 2024, Brown was perplexed and then denied the report behind closed doors. Sources familiar with Brown's thinking told The Athletic, in spite of the trade talks, Brown wants to be in Boston. So uh, hopefully that we, we can sort of quash that as a concern and we can move on to all of the many reasons why we, we wouldn't make this trade. Spooner, you look like you want to jump in there. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been seeing the argument like, well, Jalen's going to leave in two years anyway. Okay, where would you rather be in two years? With a 36-year-old Kevin Durant who likely is a shell of himself and making $50 million for two more years and not having Marcus Smart, multiple picks, maybe another role player, or have all of Jalen's money off the book, have all your picks except for the swap yo to the Spurs, and still have Marcus Smart and Derek White. Like, which which team is in a better position to surround Jason Tatum with another te- great team? I think it's unequivocally the Jalen Brown situation where it, if you don't get a title with Durant in like the next two years, maybe three, it's a fucking disaster. It's a disaster. It shuts your window so fast, so... I don't know. I just like, I don't buy that argument. Like, okay, Jalen leaves, but at least we still have all the other good assets we'd have to give up if we were trading for Durant. Yeah. And I I think that if we, you know, if we trade for Durant and then suddenly, like you mentioned, Spoonie, Tatum is the number two, you know, then there's there's so many caveats. Like, first of all, Malcolm Brogdon, Kevin Durant, Time Lord, like they all have to stay healthy for that team to be potentially successful. Yeah. And then presumably they don't stay healthy, like all of them. Tatum gets to the point where, you know, he's a free agent and then he's looking around like, probably going to fucking go elsewhere, right? Like, I'm not going to stick around with all these injured, super old dudes and try and back (laughs) all those guys up. Similar, I guess, to earlier in his career. Um, It just makes sense for him to consider alternative options at this point. Uh, Where if you you don't make that trade, we continue on this awesome trajectory, right, that we're all fans of, that we've all been on the ride since the beginning, since uh, the Jays were drafted. That's just so much more fun from a fan perspective, and you've got so much more of a championship window runway from Tatum and Brown's perspective if you keep things um, where they are. So, so Squim Jim, 
reasons against making the trade, like we've we've rattled off a few of them now. But I suppose you know if you if Brad Stevens sits you down and say it says to you, "Swim, Jim, it's entirely up to you. <laughs> you need to make the case for us to keep Jalen Brown and not make this trade." What, what's what's the case that you're making to uh, to Brad Stevens in this extremely hypothetical situation? <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean, it's a combination of all the things that you guys have said. It's just he keeps the window open longer. He's, you know, if you, you don't want to get to a point, especially with Tatum, where where he's looking around and, and everyone's retired or 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 at the end of their, uh, and you don't have draft picks to to accommodate that. And the other thing is that <laughs> how much better, how like does does getting Durant. And losing potentially the extra pieces with Brown, does that put you a tier above everyone else? And it's like potentially, yeah. but I feel like in order to do that deal, you have to be really confident. Like you have to know that that moving that making that deal, you you have to be certain. And if it's if it's not like if it's if it's if it's controversial, then you're. <laughs> then it's not really certain, right? And I think that you're risking. I'm just, I'm just too risk averse, right? It, you're risking so much. It's like Spoonie said, like y- you have to, you have to deliver. And if you don't, it's the potential for disaster is too much, especially considering where we were just at. And I mean, the, I think that you know there is another argument for going after Durant, and it's you know how it's it's the Milwaukee Bucks for me, right? And how difficult they were to get past, how difficult they have been to get past, and that, you know, it's, they're just, I feel like for, they're going to be looming for a while. And I think Kevin Durant gets you the best odds of, of, beating them because he he almost did yeah. it single-handedly and and so it's i just i'm i'm just too risk averse to to gamble to make a gamble that big without being 100 percent confident and my i'm i wouldn't be confident enough to, to yeah. pull the trigger. ben let me pose a question to you if i Please. may would you trade Jalen straight up for Durant? The money doesn't work, but let's just say in this fantasy, would you do it straight up? Yeah, I no. My answer is no, yeah. and I know that yeah. that doesn't make sense. But like, I think it we does. just love. Well, yeah, okay. So a lot of those factors we've already talked about, like just the health risk alone with bringing Durant on and sending out Jalen Brown. Not going to guarantee that that Kevin Durant's going to stay healthy. I'd be worried about the impact on. Tatum as well, like just saying, like, you've been our number one, we've built around you, we've sort of propped you up as the franchise cornerstone. Suddenly, you bump down a peg. Suddenly, you're number two. After getting us Durant. to the finals. <laughs> yeah, right? It's just like, it's not a very good vote of confidence towards yeah. Tatum after everything that he did. And obviously, you know, we shut the bed a little bit in the finals. A lot of that probably due to fatigue and maybe not having, uh, you know, reliable third and fourth options, you know, beyond Jalen Brown. I just don't think that would send a good message to, to Tatum. And, like, we just love Jalen Brown. Like I said earlier, like, we've been on that ride since the beginning. You know, we're fans of the team. We buy the tickets, the sort of the initial 
influx of of income for the team is from the fans and us as consumers and I love consuming I love consuming Jalen Brown is not a good statement to say <laughs> clip but that clip that that. <laughs> that, that that's how I feel so I know like as a GM Brad Stevens perspective like your goal is to win Banner 18 and in the first year or two of Durant on board yes you've got a better chance of of achieving that but it's just going to be so much more fun Watching if it Damn does right. happen, Jalen Brown, the Jays, Marcus Smart, etc., hoisting that trophy compared to it being the Durant show, and it's, this kind of segues into my next question, which is, you know, how would you guys feel rooting for a KD-led Celtics team? Because for me, if it's if it's becomes Durant's championship, if they do win, as opposed to the Celtics championship, and I'm not I'm not on board for that. So, Spoony, I'll throw it back at you, like. I'm assuming I'm, I'm assuming you've got the same take here that you wouldn't make that take that trade straight up, and then if it were to happen, how would you feel rooting for a KD led Celtics team? Yeah, I, I I've been adamant that I would not trade Jalen straight up. It's actually, Squib Jim, just real quick, would you tr- would you do that, Jalen straight up for him? I, I just want to know before I answer here. No, um, that's a yes. If it was ju- if it was straight up, I think. It is a tough question. I think it's, it's hard. Tough. It's it's hard, but I I do think I do think at that point, like you're not giving up anything in addition, and you're still this super deep team, and like you're not giving up any future assets or anything like that, um, because I think that changes the equation a little bit for me, because then later on you do have the ability to kind of right your wrongs if you have some of those draft assets still available to you. So I would I would I would lean towards yes, I I trade straight up Brown for Durant. Um but but the issue is that's right. not gonna happen. Right. And that's not gonna be that's not what can that's not what can, that is not what is going to be what the Nets ask for. And according to the reports it's it's less than what the Celtics yeah. offered. It is, a, it is a great way of just sort of gauging the way that us fans, I guess, value the presence of, of Jalen Brown and, and just what the future might look like with Jalen Brown. So uh, I understand the sort of the impetus of the question, Spoony. Um, isn't it crazy that we're even having this conversation? And yes, like that sort totally. of like, it's reasonable to be like, no, I wouldn't trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Like that's insane. And it just shows where we're at as a team and as a fan base. And, and this, the the increasingly high ceiling of this team given the extra pieces that we've added around the Jays. Um, I do want to get back to that hypothetical (laughs) apocalyptic scenario of what if it does happen? What if we are a Celtics team led by Kevin Durant? Squim, like, what does that look like for you? you? Are you on board? Do you think you could find, sort of wrap your head around that and find a way to love Kevin Durant and, and that Celtics team? Um. I mean, it's going to be the Celtics. So yes, <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to fall in love with the Celtics every year, every time, no matter who's on the team. You wear green, and I'm, I'm showing up and rooting for you. Um, so, like, yes, winning with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and just like what has been built, way better, way sweeter. Um, but winning with anyone is great. And I, you know, 
if if things don't like if things don't end in a win though it's you know you 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 look back and it's you're you know really regretting it and yeah i i yeah <laughs> and 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 it could be in here if you don't win it's a deal that could not only lose you brown but potentially lose you tatum and yeah fuck that that's that's yeah. that is too yeah, much. That is yeah, and losing our psychological stability as a fan base as well. Yeah. Uh, I've been against trading Jalen Brown for like when it was Anthony Davis and Kawhi and Harden. I was always against trading Jalen Brown, and um, this time it is a little bit different. It is slightly different because all those other times they had one year on their contract or two years on their contract. Um, but in a sense, it's kind of the same too because you, how many years are you getting out of AD and Woody Asko at any point? Yeah, I, I, bringing us back into that very hypothetical room with Brad Stevens, like we could we could wrap up all of the reasons why not to make this trade and present it, you know perfectly with a bow tied around it and he could just sit back and say yeah but it's kevin durant which is kind of like where the conversation's at i suppose um spoonie what does kevin durant celtics fandom look like for you so i i would say when you are the clear favorite and i think the celtics would be the clear favorite if they added kevin durant to a team that just went to the finals um that is way less fun being one of the teams with a chance, but not the team, is like the most fun spot you can be in as a fan, especially when it's a team built around your guys. And I was a Jalen guy. People were trashing that draft pick. I was like, this dude is super athletic. Like, if he can learn how to shoot, he's going to be a player. So, like, I feel a little bit of, like, it's silly, but... I feel ownership of like Jalen Brown. Like I was in that dude's corner Mm -hmm. since day one and I'm right. Just like I will be about Aaron (laughs) Neesmith. Uh, (laughs) And and JD Davidson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. 20 minute video coming soon. Uh, Seriously. Uh, But I, I, I say that, but the second Durant hangs 45 on LeBron's head in L.A. and we win by 20, I'm going to be like, this dude fucking rocks, man. We're going to win the title. <laughs> so, like, it's hard because it's championship or bust. I will be disappointed if that team loses in the finals. If this team with Jalen and the Jays goes to the finals again and loses, I'll be like, that was an awesome season, just like I was this year. Because the expectation isn't you're the best team in the league. You better win and you're clock is ticking very quickly. So I think overall it'll be a less fun experience, but also by October, maybe November, I would be all in. And I will always be all in on every season. It's just mere mere levels of how all in I am. Yeah, so to me, it, it kind of feels like a step back in the Kyrie vibes direction. You know what I mean? Just because of the association trade-wise between the Celtics and the Nets over the last half a decade or so, the relationship between KD and Kyrie, and then you throw JB's sort of new agency, the whole Donda Sports thing in there as well. There's just like a a bad Kyrie taste about it that I I don't like. Like any sort of Kyrie association to me is a big no-no. So it it would be difficult, I I think, to wrap my head around KD fandom because I you know obviously love his game and love him as a basketball player, but have despised him as a 
as like a figurehead in the NBA for a while now. So it would be difficult, but of, of course, it's the Celtics, right? Of course, we, we find a way. We always do. Life uh, finds a way, as, as Jeff Goldblum would put it. Um, <laughs> He's a spicy question. To, the, yeah, the great philosopher, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Shirt open, laying back on the, on the truck there. Uh, here's a spicy question to, to wrap this one up before we move on to some TPE stuff. If we were to trade Jalen, say we, we did get a hint that he was going to, to go elsewhere at the end of his contract, is Kevin Durant even the best return that we could get for him? Is that actually the best trade package that we could get back? Or is there something else? Do you th- well, rather than asking you for a specific package, do you just think that we could get more value elsewhere in the league? I would shoot for a similarly aged star or guy who is clearly going to be a star soon. I don't know why Oklahoma City would trade Shea, but I would call them. I don't know why Cleveland would trade Mobley, but I would call them. I don't know why, like Detroit, yeah, they're not going to trade Cade. But, you know, I would call up Sacramento and see like, hey, Keegan Murray, what's, what's the deal with this guy? You know, <laughs> and throw in somebody, Harrison Barnes, too. And we got a deal like I would be calling around for an age appropriate co-star next to Jason Tatum because like. Going super old, it, I mean, Tatum Tatum is 24 and he's all NBA first team. Like, do not shut this guy's window early. Like, no. he's got a decade of dominance in front of him, man. Like, let's get somebody who can grow with him like we thought Jalen was. I think if you're, if you're going to lose J- Jalen Brown, then I think both are... I, I think Kevin Durant would be a decent return if you yeah. had to end up like, <laughs> yeah, I think, we'd settle i think i think putting yourself putting yourself in that position where all right we have to trade jalen i think i would go after kevin durant i think i i think i would because then you're you're instead of taking steps back for potential steps forward in the future you're taking a step forward now towards title contention, and um, I, I think I'd want to continue the train that's been started, even if it comes. Yeah, to I mean, Katie would obviously style. be a, a perfectly, you know, satisfactory return from from shipping out JB. But I, I suppose I asked the question as a way of of highlighting how I guess unlikely this trade is to happen. Um, and that it's more just fluff in reporting from from guys like Woj and Shams because if Brad did want to move Jalen Brown, there's a lot of shopping, a lot of window shopping and browsing that he could do and a lot of, as we said earlier, due diligence that he could do before just saying, oh, I'll just take Kevin Durant. I'm assuming he's the only thing that I could get with Jalen Brown. So I think it's a, it's a good way of shining light on the fact that, you know, this is all fairly unlikely to happen, which from what we're all saying, we're all pretty pretty satisfied with. Yeah, Ben, real quick before we move on, I said I feel ownership over Jalen Brown. I meant like a shared joy in his successes. I do not want that of to course. be taken the wrong way. No, okay. no, I just want to clear that, that up. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I do have a question uh, to continue the conversation. Like, if, let's say, the due diligence offer, right, that that ends up being the best thing the, net, the Nets get. Because so far, it sounds like it is the best thing that has been offered to them, okay? And so now the Nets come back to the Celtics and say, okay, we're going to take it. Do you do you continue, like, that train, right? Do you say, okay, we're going to, we offered it, and so now we're going to take it? Or would you be like, no, no, I can't do that. I think I to Ben's point, like, 
it's one thing to be like, is this about the price? And another thing to be like, if you say yes to this, the deal is done. And I think, Ben, you're spot on. Like, if we're going to trade Jalen Brown, you better call every 29, 28 other teams and find out what their packages are because you do not trade a 26-year-old all-star, 25, but will be 26-year-old all-star at his position, by far the most valuable position in basketball, without seeing everything that's out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with my own point, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't even have to make the calls, right? Just open up the phone lines, you know, get yeah. the secretaries working overtime. Uh, you know, just wait and see what everyone's got to offer for Jalen Brown. So suddenly, like, the leverage in that scenario flips and, and, and Brad Stevens is holding all the cards, which uh, right. is part of the reason why no trade's actually been made, I, I think. Well, look, it wouldn't be a Celtics podcast without some spicy TPE <laughs> and vet minimum market conversation. Very exciting off-season stuff. We've got a post here to get to by user Incident OK. I'll just read through the first couple of lines, and then they've suggested some moves to be made with the various TPEs that the Celtics still have that haven't expired, uh, as well as some vet minimum candidates that we can look at. So this user goes on to say, I thought this subreddit's favorite topic deserved a closer look, ignoring the outside KD trade noise. The team still has a small hole or two that needs to be addressed. Al Horford is old as dirt and needs to be saved until the playoffs. Time Lord needs to be load managed so he's healthy come the playoffs. Luke Cornett should only be used as a human victory cigar, and Grant won't be playing the five as often as we need minutes uh, not allocated to Horford and Time Lord. You guys get the picture. Here are several TPE trades that can bring the right or wrong player in, and also some free agency signings. So the first one they suggest here, but I'd love to get your thoughts on, we'll start with you, Squim Jim, is trade one using the Bull Bowl TPE. Boston acquires Tony Bradley from Chicago in exchange for Orlando's 20, uh, 2023 top 55 protected second round pick so essentially nothing um the bulls are just over the luxury tax and we'll be looking to get on under it so moving someone like tony bradley who would fill a positional need for the celtics um could be helpful uh thoughts on this potential trade yeah i, I in going through that that list um of, of players on there i think that i think that tony bradley was actually probably one of the three that i was like i I think he can do all right. I, I think he can do all right in the in the role that we want him to play. Um, I think defensively he's does well, um, and for for what we would want him to do, it's I I think if there are other, some of the, there are some other options that I like better, um, but if we struck out on those ones, then um, I think it would be. I think it would be decent. It would probably on that entire list of of both vet mins and and trades. He's probably like top three or four for me. Spoonie, I'll get your thoughts on on Tony Bradley, and then I think I'm just going to read out all the names and we'll discuss them. Yeah. You know, on mass. Otherwise, we're going to be here forever. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, uh, so of the of the names that you're about to read off, Tony Bradley is my second favorite. I think when we, when we had Greeny on last pod, I said I would be looking for a guy that can defend because against second units, like you can just play pick and roll with Tatum and have this dude roll to the rim and like Tatum's going to get doubled. I, I mean, like I don't think we need to prioritize offense from that third big spot. Bradley pretty solid defensive player he can't throw it in the ocean but that's okay uh he's your third 
fourth center. So I really like Bradley. This is one of the three that I would do of these trades he proposes. Yeah, I agree. Like you've got to pick a skill, and and, and you and Greeny were saying this last week that like you know all of these guys are flawed, right? Because of how little salary they demand. You've got to pick a skill. It's like, can you stay on the floor from a defensive perspective? We've got plenty of guys, especially with our recent acquisitions who can throw the ball in the hole. So we just need someone who can play a lick of defense and, and hold it down in the paint. So I'm going to read off a few more names here. And I, I guess the the overarching theme here is that they're all obviously affordable from the Celtics perspective. They all fit into one of our many TPEs. And then from the opposing side standpoint, for the most part, they're looking to shed a little bit of salary, which is why they would engage in these talks uh, for very little in exchange. So those names are from Indiana, Goga Patadze, which I'm, I'm sure I've messed up the pronunciation there, but I think you we nailed all know it. Who, all right, sweet. You did. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, from OKC, uh, Mike Muscala. From Sacramento, Alex Len. Uh, from New Orleans, Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh, another Hernan Gomez uh, on the team. And then some possibilities from, uh, is it Utah? Uh, Rudy Gay, Jerry yep. Vanderbilt, and Udoka Azubuke. Which I think I also nailed that one well. too, dude. You nailed you that one natural. too. Look at you. You're watching cricket since I was a kid. You know, we play <laughs> Indian teams, West Indies teams. So name pronunciation is, uh, has been a skill of mine for a long time. Anyway, I digress. Of those names, and let me know if you want me to reread uh, some of those. Any of them uh, jumping out to you, Spoonie? Uh, so I'm going to undermine exactly what I just said about preferring defense, but I just think <laughs> Willie Hernan Gomez is a legitimately solid NBA player, and I think pretty clearly the best player, like, easily the best player of all these guys. He's not a great defensive player, but he he plays hard, much harder than his brother. He can rebound. He can score a little bit. Um, and again, he's going to be playing against second units. Like He's not going to get roasted nonstop against a lot of these second units. So Willie's my favorite. And then uh, bigs that can shoot just have a lot of value. And Mike Muscala can shoot. He's been like a high 30s on good volume from three. And he's 6'10", so 6'11". Um, so I, I like Muscala too. He's probably my third favorite. But I would put Willie number one, then... Um, Tony Bradley, almost said Avery Bradley. <laughs> and then and then Muscala, who I think Muscala is probably the most available because he's on Oklahoma City and he's not a teenager. So, uh, yeah, that's probably where I'd rank the three of them. No, Alex Lentz sucks. Just yeah. del- This is an amazing post. This guy did an awesome job. I really like this post, but just delete Alex Len. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Squim, thoughts on this list of names? Yeah, um, did you went through the the Utah I names did. too, right? Uh, so I, I think, I, I would agree. I think my my three from the trade scenarios would be Tony Bradley, Mike Muscala, and um, Willie Willie Ernan Gomez. Yep, and from Utah, I, I, any order because I I don't. Um, my preference is defense. So, um, I think those are in any order. And then from Utah, Vanderbilt's really nice, but I don't, I, we just have like so many fours that I, and I don't know how well he can do as a center, but I do, I do really like Vanderbilt. Yeah. I I think I'd like to have a look at Tony Bradley. Uh, For me, defense is the the most important factor there. I'm not really saying anything that you guys haven't already said yet, but I've got to offer an opinion. Uh, But really just where we're at, like we're just looking for like that sort of 13th, 14th, 15th man. 
any of these guys would kind of do. Uh, I do like the idea of Not Alex Lan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you leave that roster spot empty instead in lieu of Alex Lan? Is, a, is an empty roster spot and you know potential slot there for a buyout candidate, is that actually healthier, a healthier choice for the team than someone like Alex Lan? I just, yeah, I think it's cabin jelly time, baby. Hell yeah. Over Alex Lan, yeah. Let him, what, he can play 50 games or something like that mm-hmm. on the two-way? It's like, it's all you need him for. Yeah, and then Mike Muscala as well. I just don't think, like you said, Spoons, like you just can't have enough shooting, particularly that deep on the bench and, and from a big as well. So <laughs> really any of these guys would do, but there's, there are a couple of really spicy options there. So huge thanks to user Incident OK for putting this together. And then finally, they've listed some vet min options. I'm just going to read these names and stop me if I hit a name that, you know, uh, rustles your jimmies at all. So Greg Monroe, the Moose, DeMarcus Cousins... Uh, uh, no, 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 keep going. <laughs> Tristan Thompson. Okay, stop. Okay. This rustles my jimmies. We better not fucking bring Tristan Thompson's bum ass back to this team. I swear. I swear. Do not sign Tristan Thompson. <laughs> His okay, jimmies are rustled big time. <laughs> uh, uh, shall I continue? Dwight Howard. Please. We did have some recent Dwight Howard coverage, so uh, no He's need fine. to circle back He's on that. He's fine. Hassan Whiteside. All right. So, um, all right. This is he's. This is probably my dirty little secret, <laughs> but I really like Hassan Whiteside. Oh no, Jim, <laughs> say it ain't so. <laughs> There's therapy for that I kind know. of thing. It's, it's I know. Fine. We, yeah. can, we can overcome this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I I think he did well as a backup to Gobert. I think he he was a mid, like a vet min version of him um, when he was backing him up. And uh, yeah, I I I know that that is a very uh, that's an opinion that's in the minority to say the least. Yeah, uh, to me, chemistry at this point means a lot. And like some of those deep bench guys that we had that. Um, got sent out in the Brogdon trade. They were really, really uh, valuable from a chemistry standpoint. And guys like Dwight Howard, like Hassan Whiteside, pretty like well-known larrikins, I suppose, for lack of a better term. And I'd be concerned. And like, you know, the same could be said for Tristan Thompson, just in like they, you could probably reasonably say that they don't really take the regular season or any of the whole thing particularly seriously. And while the Jays are very, very young, you know, they're also very, very impressionable, and I'd be worried about the impact that some of those potential additions would have on those guys. I'm sure they're great people. I don't want to, you know, shit on them as, as people in, in the world, but in the realm of the NBA and their impact on some of our young, very valuable core pieces, um, I'm just not there for it. They also threw out a couple of additional names like LaMarcus Aldridge, Jeremy Lamb, Ed Davis, Cody Zeller. Why not throw a Zeller on the roster? I... I I think Cody Zeller's my favorite of these names, man. Like I know injuries have sapped him of his his athleticism, and he was pretty athletic as he when he was younger. But like he would always get he could he can give you ten minutes, right? Cody Zeller was starting last year, wasn't <laughs> yeah, absolutely he? for like a good team. Charlotte won like forty three games. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Zeller definitely a good candidate, uh, and then promoting. Friondo, Cabin Gelly as well, which uh, I think we need to see how he looks a little bit uh, further into his two-way yeah. contract before yeah. we look at that, but it is a spicy option. And I guess the final question is, like, would you prefer Luke Cornett getting 10 minutes a night to all of those guys? I think that's what's going to end up happening. So I, I think they're, they're 
they've liked Cornette for such a long time and kept him around. And I think, I think they're, I think he's going to get his opportunity. And I think that the TPEs, we might, we'll, we'll probably use them on a big at some point, but I suspect it might happen in later into the season after we see what Cornette and Hauser and some of these back end guys can do. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Spoody, any final thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Squim Jim. I do think that's probably what happens. We just go into camp with Cornette as the third center. But, I mean, if we can get Avery Bradley or Willie Hernan Gomez for essentially nothing, like, I think Tony we'd Bradley. be kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Who's that? What? <laughs> I was going to say Tony Bradley. You said Avery. Oh, my God. I knew <laughs> it. Damn it. <laughs> Mr. Bradley. Uh, yeah, either Bradley. I'd take Avery yeah. back, too, for yeah. a man. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, if we could get one of those two guys, I think we'd be crazy not to do it. But also, I'm not the one who has to pay $10 million in tax if we get – you know, for Tony Bradley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tall order. I'm excited to see, like, yeah. they're very, very high on Luke Cornett. I suspect, you know, going along the lines of what you just said, Spoonie, they're very high on him because he's, like, already paid for and not going to add a tax very bill. Very cheap. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but I'm excited to see, you know, what uh, additions the, the Big Bird has made to his game uh, in the offseason. All right, that is going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. We've sort of informally decided to stick to a minimum of one pod per week during the offseason, so keep an eye on the feed for all of that. And subscribe of course if you haven't already also check out our youtube channel spoonie's got some jd davison analysis coming out soon and we've got some more exciting content planned for the coming weeks meanwhile squim jim wayne spoonie love your work mates thanks again thank you thanks ben all right until next time go celtics peace peace